0: So, you asked me a couple of weeks ago about, um, about today and, and delivering a message to you, just sharing my story. And so, what I'd like to do tonight, just share you my, share you my story, my testimony. See, because how, how many of you know that our lives are a living epistle that most people will ever see? Our lives are a living word. Yes, and so, when we, when we share our testimonies, all we're doing is sharing what God has done for us in our lives. And what I want to share with you tonight is letting you know, I just want to let you know that the Word works. Amen. It works when you apply it. It works when you take hold of it and you start applying it to your life. Yes. Amen. And so like in the very beginning, when, in the beginning, in, uh, in John, in John chapter 1, he said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God you got to get the word on, down on the inside of you in order for the word to come out of you. Right? Okay. Well, well sorry, I, I'm starting to preach already. But let me, let, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this church family. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Jesus. And we thank you for the victory that we have through Jesus and his sacrifice on Calvary. Father, I ask that you just anoint my mouth, anoint my mind, help me to think clearly, let your words come forth, let your word be done, your will be done, and we know that your word that goes forth does not return void. And we thank you for your glory, we thank you for your manifestation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I just want to share with you a couple of things about my life, about um, how I got started, how I grew up, some things that you guys may not know. Most of you probably just see me standing in the back all the time, just, you know, being part of the safety team, but um, I grew up in Louisiana. I grew up, I was born in 1978. I was adopted. My birth mom is white, and my birth dad, I believe, he is black. I do not know 100 percent, but what I do know is that my birth mom, her whole family was white, and they they looked they frowned upon the fact that you know she had a mixed child, but. The thing is this, she didn't tell her family that she had a mixed child until after I was born. I did not know this until I talked to my caseworker um, several years ago. So, you know, growing up in the South, you can imagine what could have happened, right? Right? White family, white mom, black dad. Parents would have rejected it right away and could have aborted me, had to, could have convinced her to go through an abortion. I don't know all the details or the story or or all the details behind that, but I will say this. God was fighting for me when I couldn't fight for myself. Before he knew me, before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me. And he called me. He called me to do this tonight, what I'm doing. Here's why I say that. I grew up, like I said, I grew up in Louisiana, grew up in Georgia. When I was 15 years old, I had... I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and there was this minister who was a traveling minister who was a guest. He came into the church, and we were having a revival that week, and I remember specifically sitting in one of the back rows next to some friends. I was 14, 15 years old. He came up to me and pointed me out in the middle of service and said, I was called to preach. Never met this man before, ever. How many of you know that when the word is given to you, Satan wants to come in and destroy it? He wants to take it away right away, right? I had some of my own family members that tell me he wasn't, that didn't, he wasn't talking to you. That's not for you. Some of my own family members. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But God, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Staying on this track, on this, little, this train that I'm on right now, I want to share another story with you. This, was, this happened several years later, after I'd already met Willis and Karen, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. Probably a couple nights later, this will happen to you. But you got to know how to fight it off. I had a dream. And in my dream, I remember, I remember to this day, this dream very vividly, that I had two guys or people, whoever they were, but looking back now, they were spirits. They came and they said, we have come to take your faith. How about that? But guess what? Me being martial arts, I'm getting back. It's like, no, you're not. I'm about to get ready to get into a fight in my dream, right? But then I remembered, I remembered the fight that we fight is not with flesh, but its principalities and powers. So, what did I do in my dream? I started... I woke myself up out of my dream speaking in tongues. And that's not the only time that's happened, but that, my goodness, I, that, that gives me goosebumps even to this day. So, I just want to share with you, like I said, the word works if we apply it. So, I have to give you a scripture. I want to, sh- I want to share some scriptures with you. As I look back over my life and some of the things that um, I've gone through, I have been able to put scriptures to every area. Yes. And it's just, man, once you start diving into this word, it is so, so good. Yes, it, is. it is so good and it gives you so much peace. I know it's given me so much peace. So let's do this. Let's turn, I'm going in a completely different direction than I thought I was going to go, but again, this is all the Holy Spirit. So let's turn to Psalms 1, please. Turn in your Bible to Psalms 1. I want to share a story with you. Let me find it. Okay. Psalms 1 reads this. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He fellowships. He meditates. He thinks. He, you, you got to be careful about what you think about, right? So you think on those things. You think on the Word. You dwell on the Word. What will happen to you? You shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does, it shall prosper. Let's go back up to verse 3. I want to spend a little time here, just, just for a little bit. He shall be like a tree. Planted by rivers. Rivers. What do you guys know about a river? Rivers constantly running, right? It's constantly moving, constantly providing nutrients to the roots for that tree. Here's why. Because if you're planted by a river, you're going to have a constant supply of water. The word of God is the water. Where are we planted? This church is our soil. That's why they say in the Word, you do not forsake the assembly of gathering together. Because this is your soil. We are a plant, correct? And then we have roots, right? Our roots need watering. We have to have our roots planted in good soil, and they need constant watering. Where do you get your watering from? You get your watering from the Word of God. You get your watering from coming here in church. You also get your nutrients from being connected together. Correct. Yeah. Think about this. So, with my job, um, one of my previous jobs, I had the ability to travel. Um, so, I went out to California, and you know, I like I like nature. I'm not a nature freak, but I like nature. I appreciate God's work. And one of the things that, he's, that that's out there. Are you guys familiar with the redwood trees? Have y'all ever heard of the redwood trees? The sequoia trees? They grow up to about what 300 some odd feet tall. Now, with a plant, its, tipi- its roots of a plant are as typically de- are as deep as it is tall. On most 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 trees, most plants, something's different about those sequoias and the redwoods. How about this? Those roots are interconnected together. Right, so they're not as deep. But they're connected together, and it helps them to withstand storms. It helps them to withstand drought because they start to feed each other. It start, they start to feed each other. That's why it's important to stay plugged into the church. That's why it's important to stay plugged into a good church that's preaching the word of God, that is unadulterated, that is uninhibited, and you're not having any limits on what the word says. Right? Why? Why? is because it gives you the time, it gives you ability to grow your own roots and to get strong enough to where you're able to withstand those, those spiritual attacks. Okay? Follow me? But here's the challenge with most people. Well, yeah, this is what happens, and it happened to me. I'm not gonna, let me rephrase that. I'm not talking about most people. I'm going to talk about me. What happened was, you get, I got away from the church my roots started to wither, my roots started to dry up, and anytime any kind of challenge happened, any kind of stress from school, from work, from anything, I got knocked over. Because when you're by yourself, see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to get unconnected, so that way he can attack you by, when you're by yourself. And then he starts throwing all these different darts at you in your mind. You're not strong enough. I wasn't strong enough to handle it until I decided, okay, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of this. I got too much blood covering me from the devil to keep on winning in my life. I had to get back into what was working. I had to get back planted again. Wow. Yes. And he said, whatever you do, you're... you're, (laughs) You're going to bring forth your fruit in your season. You're going to bring forth your fruit. Your leaf will not wither. See, there's a cycle of life to your fruit, to any kind of a fruit, right? But also there's a cycle of life to the leaf. On some trees, the leaves die. The leaves die, correct? They fall off. But in this case, when you're planted by rivers of water, you're never going to lose your leaf. You're never going to lose your ability to produce fruit. And whatever you do will prosper. Okay, so, man, yeah, like I said, this, the word is so good, it is so true. Let's, let's turn, let's look with me um, in Philippians 4, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, let's start at verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What do you want in your life? Talk to God about it. Write it down on paper. Also, write the vision, make it plain. So that way you will run with it, whoever reads it. I remember when my college years, well, actually, I just graduated from college, and it was probably about... um, I was 22 uh, 22 years old. I was at a point in my life where I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was getting up, going to work, coming back home, getting on my computer, playing on my computer, playing video games, getting up the next morning, going back to work, doing the same thing again. Mm -hmm. 22 years old is in a definition of a rut. Why? Because even though I was saved, even though I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior back when I was 13... I didn't have any power. I didn't have the Holy Spirit at that time. That's why I wasn't living. That's why I was living in defeat and not victory. So I knew something wasn't right. There was this uneasiness. This un, I had this unrest in my spirit. And I remember writing a two-page letter to God saying, "God," at, and at the, the end of it, I said to God, there's got to be more to my life than what I'm doing right now. I knew I wasn't created more. created for that. I was created for more, right? Because in Jeremiah 29, right? Yes. Let's turn there. And we'll come back to Philippians, but let's turn to Jeremiah. Let me see if I can find that here. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. See, God when God formed me, when he created me, he had a purpose already attached to me. I had a destiny that I had, he had a destiny for me that I have to walk into by following his word, by applying his word to my life, right? Somewhere along the way in college, I stopped my, I stopped my fellowship with the Lord. I stopped reading, and I'll tell you this. My freshman year of college was okay. Um, I was still going back home, back and forth to home. So I was still getting up, going to church on Sundays with my mom and dad. But then somewhere along the way, around sophomore year, I stopped going back home as frequently. So what happened then? I stopped going to church as frequently. And then it got to the point where I stopped reading my word as much. Then what happened? Well, it came two, three years later, I stopped reading the word altogether. So Actually, I didn't read the word for about two or three years while I was in college. So imagine that's why I was suffocating. That's, how, that's why I was dying, right? Yes. But here's what happened. Remember, it talks about the hardening of the heart, what sin does to you. Yes. The first time you sin, you get this, I got this feeling. The first time I sinned, I got this feeling. It's like, oh, wait, that was my conviction. I knew it wasn't right. I did it again or I sinned again, did something else. you just get more and more numb to it. It's like if somebody is addicted to a drug. The effects of it wear off. So that's why they got to keep doing more and more and more, right? So while I'm on this track, I need to share something else with you. Because you guys see me here today standing before you talking, but I I want to make sure that I share with you where I started, what happened, what was going on with me. Because... All I know is that God's word transformed me, but I didn't really get into the word until maybe three, four, or five years ago. When I started applying the word and being uh, consistent with it. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that might hold us back. See, we're in a we're in a race. We're, this this life is a race. Correct. Yes. We need to run our race like we're going to win it. So, what are some of the things that can hold us back? We start adding weights onto ourselves, slows us down, correct? Actually, come here. Hold this for me, please. Of course. All right. God is good, amen? I have a visual. (laughs) Okay, ready to go. Thank you, sir. Of course. (laughs) So, when you're running your race and you have this yoke that's on you, it makes it difficult to run, right? So, what are some of the things that can hold us back? Well, we've got sin. What kind of sin? Well, you got sin that people see. You can kill somebody, you can murder someone, you can lie, you could steal, you could do all kinds of stuff. But then you got something else. You have those secret sins, right? Kids? I was there. Those secret sins. People think about, I, people know when you're not living right. Your spirit knows spirit. And it manifests itself. How do I know that? Because there are times where I couldn't look. I got somebody in my life that I'm accountable to now. His name is Willis Bevel. And the Bevel family now with the boys. Christian. There are times where you can't, I couldn't look at him straight, even though I tried. I tried to stare him in the eyes to to make it seem like everything was okay. No, body language, your body language comes through and lets you know, you know when you're not doing right, because it affects your spirit and your spirit manifests physically and you can't hide it. Eye contact, the way you look at someone, the way you talk to someone, when you shake someone's hand, is it weak, is it limp, Are you're afraid to talk to someone, or, if you're, or when you're getting around people that are at a different level spiritually that are a little more um, uh, mature, that are more mature, thank you, you get uncomfortable around them. Because you know you're not doing the things you're you're supposed to be doing. That was me. So, what kinds of things? Well, you have sexual sins. You have pornography. You have drugs. You have anything you can think of. That's why it's important. Family. Parents. Have those hard conversations with kids. Especially today. Talk to them about those sexual sins. Talk to them about what happens to your spirit. What happens to your body? What happens to your mind? So yeah, it's my past. That is my past. And there was a time where I wouldn't let my past go. I'm going this direction. God wants me to go this direction, right? He's wanting me to go forward saying, come on, man. I got something better for you over here. But I'm like, no, it's too hard. I want to go back to over here. What's comfortable. But he gave me grace. He gave me friends that didn't judge me and that haven't judged me for 20 years. Friends that have given me grace knows what I'm doing wrong. Yes, they'll beat me upside the head. Get me back on track. 100% true. It is so true. Proverbs. Let's turn to Proverbs real quick. I want to turn to Proverbs chapter 28. You guys are laughing. This is truth. All you have to do is. (laughs) You guys know exactly what I'm talking about, right? See, kids. I call you kids, young adults. You think that you're going through stuff nobody can relate? We've all done it. We've all done it. Okay, now I'm starting to get tired wearing this around. But (laughs) it serves a purpose. But here's what happens. Let's go to Proverbs 28, verse 13. Yeah, 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper. What do I mean by that? On the outside, you want to act like, actually, let me rephrase that. On the outside, I wanted to act like I had everything under control. Nope. But on the inside, what was happening? I was dying. Whoever confesses his sins and forsakes them will have mercy. So if you know you're not doing something right, step up to the plate. Man up. Confess it. Get rid of it. Why? Because we've got a race that we've got to go. We've got something that God has called us to do. And you need to take off those weights. Take off those weights that hold you down. Where's that? It's in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Man, this is so good. See what I'm talking about? When you can start getting into this word, and you start applying it and start living it, Oh, my goodness, it is so good. 12, verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So we can run our race with endurance. So we can run to win. Right? Now, Here's the trick. There were times in my life where I wanted to go back and pick this up and still carry it with me. Why? It's because it was con- I wanted to go back to the comfortable. When things got hard, because I wasn't mature, as, I'm, as mature as I am now. And I'll get back to that in a second. Why am I mature now? But sometimes when things got hard, it got tough, I always wanted to go back. Why? Because I didn't truly trust the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. The second reason why. I always felt ashamed of what I did. Always felt ashamed of my past. But again, those are those darts that the enemy wants to sling at you, correct? Correct. Why? It's because he wants you to constantly dwell on the things that you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way, if you're, if you're here and you're dwelling on this, yeah. what are we doing? What do we say in Psalms 1? We're not meditating on the word if we're meditating on our past. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Mm. Mm, man, this is so, so good. Mm. Man. I am so excited about Word of Life. Yeah. I really am. See... January 2016. Actually, no. Yeah, January 2016 changed my life forever because that was when I came here wow. for the very first time and started and got under the word again. And I remember when I was living in South Florida, I was driving back up here two or three times a month just to come and associate, come and get the word up here. And it got to the point where Willis told me, "Okay, you're driving up too much. You got to do one or two things. Either you're going to." Don't come up as much or you've got to move. So I moved. And it's been the best thing because I've gotten rooted. You see, the pastor talks about this all the time. We grow Christians here. And we do. And we really, truly do. Well, the question is, are we tapping into that? Are we tapping into the nutrients that's provided here for us to grow? And are we applying that to our lives? I remember, you know, one of the things that that prompted me to get up here quickly was in 2015, I was involved in a really, really bad accident. I got hit by a drunk driver, I got rear-ended and broke my arm, this one, messed up my hip and my back, and for about a month, I was actually up here, and I came to stay with some family here, but I was able to get over here to church a couple of times, and that's kind of what shifted me into this direction and why I ended up coming here in January of 2016, okay? I knew. See, your spirit knows the truth, and the spirit knows when you're hearing the truth, and you want to, once you hear it and you accept it, yes, it challenges you, but you accepted it. I accepted it, and I want it more. I want it more. I want it more. So I started listening online. I started listening online to, on SoundCloud, and it was like a waterfall just re- just pouring all over my spirit. It was so refreshing. It was so cleansing. That's what the Word does. The Word washes you. The blood washes you. Man. Let's talk about prosperity for a minute. People think that prosperity is a wrong thing. But prosperity is—it is affects every area of your life, not just your finances. Finances are a big part of it. But something I've learned recently was, uh, you know, you have your tithe, right? Oh, God commands a tithe. That's 10% of your income. Something else. You also have your seed. You guys know about your seed? That's your investment for the future. Be willing to sow seed. That's right. You also have your alms. You all know what your alms are? Your alms is you're just going around being a blessing, going somewhere to happen. And you don't tell anybody about it. Why? You're not doing it for the attention. That's one. And two, you don't want to disgrace someone that's going through something. Just do it and be a blessing and forget about it and go home. Because God, your Heavenly Father, saw it. You don't need to show it to man. Yeah. Come on. And then you have your first fruits. Your first fruits is when you bless a minister or a pastor. It's of your increase. Whatever your increase is, and it's not all of it, or it's not. I'll give you an example. For me, from 2016, well, yeah, from 2016 till the end, of, uh, from January 2016 to the end of uh, to December 2016, my income was, and I'll go ahead and share this. This is what was the past. It was forty thousand dollars, so it wasn't a whole lot for some. But then I had so much favor, and God blessed me. Why? Because I was tithing. I started being obedient to his word about tithing. That's where I started. It was in 2016 because I heard pastor preach it. And then it convicted me because I was talking to God and it was pretty much the same story. The same conversation that pastor had with God is the same conversation I had with God. And I was like, I need more money. He said, are you calling me a liar? I was like, I didn't say that. I literally went through that same conversation with God. But then I had to get into the word to find out, okay, well, what does the word say about increase? What does the word say about money? So I had to start tithing. And tithing seriously. And consistent. And not playing around with it with a 10-foot pole. So I started tithing. And I also wrote down what I wanted when I moved. Before I moved, I was still living in South Florida. I moved... Because God opened up a door. The door that he opened was the exact door that I wrote down on a blue sticky note in January 2016. The type of job I wanted, where I wanted to live, the type of income that I wanted to make, it was 100% I created that job. God fulfilled it. And that job that I moved... I moved up here for, well, I didn't move up here for the job, but I moved here for church. God bless me with the job. That job was, what, three, three times more than what I was making the year prior. So that difference, I'm going back to my point about, about the uh, first fruits. So that difference, as soon as I got it, I gave it away to the church. I didn't have it all year prior, right? So what am I going to do with it now? I could have taken it and kept it and and hoarded onto it. But I was like, no, let me give it away. And that's what I did. And God has continued to increase over increase over increase. Because God is my source, not my job. He's opening up so many doors of opportunity, so much favor of where I'm at. It is so good. When you apply his word, it, it really does work. Remember I told you about my accident? So I didn't tell you this part about the accident. I had palsy because of that accident. Do you guys know what palsy is? See, this was probably one of the hardest things I've had to go through. Well, one of the hardest, not the hardest. Because I'm a martial artist, I'm training all the time. I've been in martial arts since I was eight. Um, so I'm used to working out. I'm used to training. am used to being mobile, correct? So I developed palsy because of an accident, because of a drunk driver who was actually high on drugs, driving, you know, doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing. Rear ends me. I get into the hospital, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, the first thing, my, my thought, my first thought when I got into the ER, it's, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be able to work out. Yeah. Can you guys believe that? But that was where I was, right? I loved to work out. I loved to train. I loved to kickbox. And, that's what, and he said, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So after the surgery, I couldn't move my hand. It took me two years to recover, to get the mobility back in my hands. Not here, but just to be able to get motion back to where I can move my fingers. Going through therapy, I can remember, if you guys can see this, they asked me to move a piece of, like a, a chess piece or whatever. Try to move it, right? Going through therapy. I couldn't do it. I was looking at my hand, and I'm thinking, okay, hand, move. So you can, Wasn't, didn't do it. That was the first time I actually cried after that accident. But I'll tell you something else. I didn't really get healed of that until I forgave that driver. See, for four years, no, no, three years, three, three years, I lived in pain every single day. Every single day. Imagine being in a pain on a scale of one to ten, it was a seven, eight, or nine. Every day. All up in, all here. August of last year, I finally released it. I forgave him, And when that happened, the pain stopped. Pain stopped. But what, I, I tell you the palsy because I remember reading in, in the Word where people, when, when Jesus was in, on the shores, people were bringing the crowds to him and he healed them of every single disease, right? And he even included palsy. So I started standing on that verse. Even though I didn't see a physical manifestation or a miracle happen immediately, it was over time that God healed me of my palsy. So what did I do? I got on the word. I found, where I found in the word what applied to my situation. And I started speaking it. I started standing on it. And today I have full strength. So he, God has healed me. So that's victory in my health. I share with you victory in finances. I got to tell, tell you another story. <laughs> this one's funny. There's a story about my car. Not the one I have out there now. But when I was in college, I you know went in with my dad, bought a car. It was a 1998 Toyota Corolla. Willis knows this one very, very well, too. But what happened was, You know, I was going through life. I had a lot of life challenges. There was a point in time where I was actually homeless. I lived out of my car for about a month. And I started identifying. That that car became my safe space. That car became what I identified with. Good, bad, and ugly. Actually, it was more ugly than anything. (laughs) But it was... I put 400,000 miles on that car. See, even though I was... I was ignorant. I was ignorant of God's word. He still gave me mercy. Because that car gave me 400,000 miles. It lasted me 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. I kid you not. Towards the latter part of the life of the car, though, I had to have a hammer in my front seat on the passenger side so that way I could hit the starter. (laughs) So it could work and it could start up. Yeah. Why? It's because I wasn't applying God's word and I was too broke to buy a $200 part for my car. It's the truth. See, what happens, my ignorance caused the circumstances that I was living in and I didn't know how to get out of it until I got tired of being sick and tired of living in defeat. Then that's when I changed something about it. That's when I wrote a two-page letter to God. That's when I started having someone that I can be accountable to, another man of God that I could be accountable to. Amen. See, here's the thing. Teenagers, it's very important to find somebody that you can trust, that will not judge you, that you can tell them what's going on and be completely open and 100%. Because you need that. Remember, go, let's go back to Proverbs 23. Or is it Proverbs 28. It was Proverbs 28. Let me refresh. Refresh. Why? Why is it important to find someone that you can be accountable to? Man. Okay. My pages are starting to stick together. I'm all over it. 28, 13. Why am I in Psalms? I'm going Proverbs. Y'all are with me? Okay, I'm still trying to catch up. So, Proverbs. He who covers his sin will not prosper. The word says right there, you try to hide what you're doing that's not right. You try to not to, you you try, yeah, you don't want to try. You want to lie to your parents? What's going to happen in your life? You're not going to prosper in anything that you do. That's why it's so crucial. I, I wish I learned this when I was a teenager. But I'm grateful that I've learned it now. Why? Because now I can pass that information on to someone else. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Got to give it up. Let it go. Let it go and move forward. Right? Where are we at? um, Philippians chapter 3. I'm taking you somewhere. chapter 3, verse 12. You with me? Okay. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. I'm moving forward to lay hold of what God has got for me. I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't gotten yet, but I'm not where I used to be. But this one thing I do, I forget those things which were behind me and I'm reaching forward to the things, to the destiny that God has called me into. When we have purpose, when I have purpose, that's when I'm moving forward. And because of purpose, because of destiny, what God has for me, when I'm walking in that, I have more energy during the day to get up. I want to get up in the morning and let's see, okay, God, what are we doing today? Holy Spirit, what are we doing today? Where are we going? Who do you want me to talk to today? How can I be a blessing to someone today? When when I was in school, I didn't think anything like that. I was like, it was all for me. It was all for me. When I was living in my car, I was thinking, what do I need to do? How can I get out of this? How can I go and get money from me? Instead of trying to think about, okay, well, what am I going to do for someone else? And even with the little bit that I did have coming in, I kept hoarding and hoarding and hoarding. It was all about me. Me, 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 me. That's why I lived in my car for a month. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I have a victory. Victory report. Just yesterday, I signed a contract on my first home. Just yesterday. (laughs) The word works. That's all I can say. When you apply it, it works. I'm living proof of that. Some of y'all in here are living proof of that too. We can have anybody in here up here talking and sharing your story. Always be ready to share your story. Because your story may be that anchor that pulls someone into the church. When they don't have strong roots, they can attach their roots to your roots. And your roots are attached to the roots here in the to the soil here in the church. And then they can go and develop stronger roots of their own. Right. Mm. Man, when I read that story, about, when I read about those redwood trees, that was just so enlightening. It was so good about how our roots are all connected together. And even though those roots are shallow compared to how high they are, they work together to help each other grow. That's right, to hold each other up. And it's so good. That's what the Word does for you. It helps you grow. Once you start applying. See, the Word that you're going to hear the most is what comes out of your own mouth. That's going to be your biggest prophecy. I know one of the things that I ran into before was... Always wanting to find someone who can prophesy over me and tell me something, right? I'm running one place to the other, running another place or the other, but then I started realizing, wait a minute, I can lay hands on my own self. I got the blood of Jesus. I got the word of God. I got the power of prayer. I got the power of praise. I have the power of the Holy Ghost. I have those tools. Those are the weapons of my warfare. I can use those for myself and prophesy over my own life. I don't need anybody else. Because the biggest prophecy that you're going to hear the most is what comes up out of your own spirit. What are you, te- what are you telling yourself every single day? I had to learn that. What, was that. what was I telling myself every single day? Let's finish up with this. I'm going to finish up with Philippians. Go back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. No. Did I say eight? Yes. Okay. Yes. I do want to go back to Philippians chapter four, but I want to finish where I started. I started at six. You guys start. I forgot, right? Yeah. No, verse seven. Now at the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, is going to guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's anything virtue, anything praiseworthy of those things, you think on them, you meditate on them, you dwell on them. That goes back to the Word of God. You dwell and you meditate on the Word of God. Remember, it goes back to Psalm 1, when you meditate on His Word day and night, what's going to happen? You'll... You'll be like a tree. And it goes back to here. The word confirms itself all throughout the Bible. And as I dive into this, I start seeing that. And I'm seeing different scriptures saying the same thing. One in the Old Testament, another in the New Testament. And it's so good. You just start, you start getting revelation of it. Good? So the biggest thing, what I want to share with you now, I'm going to wrap up. Because the Holy Spirit said so. (laughs) Yes, the word works. But your battlefield is a mind. Get the mind right. Get your mind. I had to get my mind aligned with the word of God. Start sp- and any time the devil started st- throwing spears at me, oh, that's not going to work for you, or you're not going to buy a home, or you're going to fail, or you're going to lose your job, you're going to get sick, or those heart things you're feeling, you know what's going to happen. You're going to die with, with a heart attack or whatever. It's like, no, shut up, devil. The Word of God says this. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in this world. Amen. I don't have to live in defeat. I choose not to live in defeat. I'm living by the word of God. This life that I now live, I don't live it in the flesh. I live it through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Y'all are good? Okay. Father God, we thank you for your word going forth. We thank you for tonight. I thank you, Father, for the honor to stand up here before my family and allowing me, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to share part of my story. I know that your word goes forth and your word has accomplished what it is set out to do. And Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and your love. And I ask that you just watch over us and keep us safe as we move forward and we start growing in you and knowing that you love us. And you love me. I'm accepted. I don't have any issues with identity. I don't have any issues with being accepted by my peers or my family. I know who I am because I am in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to www.wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.